0: Good morning. It's Tuesday, January 3rd, Festival of Sleep Day. And listen, don't let me stop you from having a good time. Every day should be Festival of Sleep Day. But also, on the 3rd, did no one want to take a second pass on this one? Because I think it would have gained more traction if they just moved it up to the first, like two days. That's when you want to sleep. And now the news. It's a new year. That that's not news. You you already knew that part. But because I took two weeks off to do my version of relaxing, I read a book about Lincoln. I'm gonna cover the big stories that happened during that time for funsies and for context because a lot of them are still ongoing. So let's get into it. Starting with Russia, where Ukraine says about 400 Russian soldiers were killed in a missile attack in the occupied next region. The Russian Defense Ministry, however, is pushing back on that count and says that only 63 Russian soldiers were killed in the attack. The truth probably lies somewhere in the middle, but it is currently unknown because the building that was attacked is almost completely destroyed. Meanwhile, in Ukraine, all 25 administrative regions spent most of New Year's Eve under air raid warnings as armed forces intercepted a total of 12 attacks from Russia, with the total attacks that came from Russia currently unknown. At least 20 inmates are on the loose in Juarez, Mexico, after a prison riot turned into a jailbreak. At least 10 people were killed in the riot. The prison is considered one of the most dangerous in Latin America, and this is not the first riot there. In 2009, a riot killed 20, and another in 2011 killed 17. Government officials, who say the situation in the prison is now under control, have said the prison is run by an organized crime group that, over the years, has planned and ordered attacks on Juarez from inside the prison. This particular riot appears to have been started by armed folks who came into the prison from the outside. Actor Jeremy Renner of the Hawkeye Runners is said to be in critical but stable condition after an accident on Sunday as he was plowing snow in Reno. There are no other updates, but here's hoping he continues to improve. Brace yourself. This story is quick, but horrifying. A ground crew worker at an airport in Montgomery, Alabama, has died after being ingested into the engine, which is a direct quote from the National Transportation Safety Board. And um, I'm not gonna repeat it, but I wish they had chosen a different turn of phrase. Um, An investigation is ongoing, which yeah, I'd hope so. Awful, just a, a real tragedy. And what would the first episode of the year be without? Trump crime update time. Two days after I wrapped the last episode of last year, the January 6th committee released their final report. Real cool timing, everyone. So maybe you've seen the coverage. Maybe you've read the report. Maybe you got the gist of what happened from this podcast when someone who probably should have seen this coming because they lost the popular vote the first time. And then in the four years of the presidency, they only proceeded to get worse. So in the face of a deadly pandemic and continued voter suppression, the country decided we wanted to try someone else for a while. And so In addition to losing again the popular vote, he also lost the electoral college and instead of taking some time to do some deep reflecting on the fact that an entire country hard passed on him, he decided to just burn down the very fabric of democracy to the ground because when I tell you that some people will literally be an insurrectionist to avoid going to therapy. But either way, let's talk a little bit about what this report means. As a reminder, the report was put out because the Republicans won the House where the committee sits, and since obviously they don't want to investigate a bunch of their coworkers, even though they should, looking at you, Marge, the Republicans will shut down the committee as soon as they start back up. So the report is done and recommends that Congress should consider barring Trump from ever holding office again under the 14th Amendment, which says if you're an insurrectionist, you cannot hold public office, which makes sense because of how you're an insurrectionist, so they should do that but they, would, they they won't. Don't let, no, no, don't get your hopes up. You know what I mean? They're never going to do that. Um, but the report also has a few things that will help make sure this can't happen again. Democracies should have fail-safes. So these are all great ideas. It's just a bummer to realize that we need it sooner rather than later because of how that insurrectionist is still able to run for office. Wild. Some of the suggestions inside the report include a reform of the Electoral College Act that clarifies that the vice president can't just outright reject state submitted slates. It also includes an expansion of the federal law enforcement agency's focuses on extreme groups, especially calls that are coming from inside the house, AKA white nationalists and anti-government groups. They are also suggesting stronger protection for poll workers, oversight for Capitol Police, a closer look at the policies of media companies that have radicalized their customers, and making the counting of the electoral votes, a previously super boring event that I guarantee the majority of those dinkuses who ran up on the Capitol on the 6th and the one that encouraged them to do so didn't even know about, making that count into a national special security event, which would be similar to inaugurations and State of the Union addresses. So besides the fact that they seem like, ah. Fine, what are you going to do about it? About the leader of their party planning and inciting an insurrection, what else do we know about this new Republican House that starts today? To be honest, not much. Uh, As a reminder, the Republicans won with a super slim majority, which includes some middle-of-the-road districts where newly elected members might not be super extreme in their voting because they want to keep their jobs. And Kevin McCarthy, who previously was the minority leader in the House, wants to be Speaker the way that Ted Cruz wants to be President, desperately, because maybe, maybe that'll fix it. It won't, it won't fix it. The problem is he is just not that popular in the house. He's also not that popular in the country. Republicans have 222 seats. He needs 218 votes to make him the speaker. That means he can only lose four Republicans. And okay, sure. That's, um, that's fine. The problem is more than four Republicans have said that they will not vote for him for speaker. Now, when I say he needs 218, what I mean is that he needs, that would give him the majority. This is a yes or no vote on him and the highest vote wins. So it's possible, Nancy Pelosi did it, John Boehner did it. He could become House Speaker without 218 votes, but he just needs to get the majority of the votes. The problem here is that there is no alternative for McCarthy. People will just vote yes or no. But the Democrats have already decided on Hakeem Jeffries for the leader of their party. If Jeffries gets more yes votes than McCarthy, he could win the speakership. Isn't that kind of amazing? It's, this is very unlikely, but oh, it'd be so silly. Voting will happen today and we will talk about it tomorrow. And that's it. That's the news. I'm proud of sleeping. It's nice. I don't know if you can tell by this episode, but I, I don't think I did enough of it last night, but um, I'm still proud of it anyway. But more than that, more than that sweet, sweet moment when you look at the clock and you decide, yeah, no, I'm going to go to bed super early tonight. And it is a delight. Because it's the new year and I personally don't think you should change a thing. But I also know that you are always looking for ways to improve. I'm proud of you.